From the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, Arizona, welcome to episode 199 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. My name is Deacon Steve, and I remain a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Phoenix. Well, we have almost come to the end of the 12-day Christmas season. The Feast of the Epiphany is here, a time where we are asked to contemplate how Jesus manifests himself in our lives. Is Jesus' coming truly making a difference in our lives? Are we a conformed and transformed people in relationship to Jesus Christ, in our relationship to Jesus Christ? Does it matter in the day-to-day of our lives? These questions and others that you may have, we are asked to think about as we celebrate this weekend and know that Our purpose on this earth is truly to manifest Christ in the way we live our lives, in our love, in our kindness, in our patience, and in our service to one another. In episode 199 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast, we first discuss our Saint of the Week, who is Brother James Miller, who gave his life in service to the poor. We hear a homily for the Epiphany as we hear the story of the visit of the three kings of the three magi to the newborn Jesus. In the segment entitled Catholics in the News, we will learn about a new Catholic who came into the church as a former chaplain to the Queen of England. In our segment Truth in the Media, we will discover a new book focused on St. Joseph. In the segment entitled, I Don't Get It, I will try to understand what is occurring in Nashville, Tennessee, besides country music, that is. And finally, during our Truth Topic of the Week, we will hear the truth from Pope Francis about the poor. All of this, plus music from Mark Smeeby, who sings, Mary, Did You Know? This and more on episode 199 of What is Truth? Saint of the Week, the son of Wisconsin farmers, Brother James Miller, FSC, was recently beatified in Guatemala 36 years after he was shot and killed while working with school children in the indigenous poor in the country. A graduate of St. Mary's University in Minnesota and a member of the DeSalle Christian Brothers, De La Salle Christian Brothers, Miller is remembered for his generosity, his courage, in his zeal to serve the children of Central America. He is the first member of his order in the United States to be beatified, made a blessed. No one is perfect, and yet Jim, like a lot of people, did things very quietly behind the scenes. He never asked for any recognition, said a fellow brother, Pat Conway, who knew Miller as a student and as a brother in the order. James Miller was born in September 21, 1944, to a farming family near Stevens Point, Wisconsin. He attended Catholic school and considered for a period of time being a priest. He met the Christian brothers and joined the order in September 1959, drawn to their apostolate in education. 
After teaching high school in Minnesota for three years, he made perpetual vows in 1970 and was sent to Nicaragua, fulfilling his desire to be a mission in Central America. In 1974, Miller was transferred to another place in Nicaragua, where he became the director of a school. Using the name Brother Santiago while in Central America, Miller more than doubled the enrollment at the school during his five years there and headed the building of 10 additional schools in the area. In 1979, he was called back to the United States by his superiors, who feared for his life after the Sandinista Revolution that overthrew the Somoza government, for which Miller had worked. Prior to his return to the United States, Miller acknowledged in a letter that he was aware of the growing violence around him, but he was not afraid. In January 1981, Miller was again sent back to Central America, to a mission this time in Guatemala where he taught at a local school and worked at a center teaching experimental agricultural techniques to indigenous Mayans. The skills were useful for the indigenous poor attempting to scrape out farming on the mountain. After just more than a year at the mission, on February 13, 1982, Miller had returned from taking students on a picnic and was shot in the back three times while repairing a wall at the school. Miller died instantly, and his attackers were never identified. He was 37 years old. Just a month before his death, Miller had written in another letter, I am personally weary of violence, but I continue to feel a strong commitment to the suffering poor of Central America. The church is being persecuted because of its option for the poor. Aware of the numerous dangers and difficulties, we continue working with faith and hope and trusting in God's providence. And Miller ended the letter by saying, I have been a brother of Christian schools for nearly 20 years and am committed to my vocation. I pray to God for the grace and the strength to serve him faithfully among the poor and oppressed in Guatemala. I place my life in his providence. I place my trust in him. Blessed James Miller, who gave his life in service to Jesus, in the poor, our Saint of the Week. Homily of the Week. Today's homily is based on the readings for the Feast of the Epiphany, as we hear about the visit of the three kings with their gifts to Jesus. There once was a great king renowned for being wise and intelligent. At the thought of retiring came to the king's mind, he spread the word across the kingdom that he was going to appoint a successor. The news of the search created a great stir. The king, being wise, called all the youth of the nation together and gathered them into the royal hall. He gave each of them a seed and said, This is a very special seed. I want all of you to plant it, take care of it, and come back after a year with what you have. Based on what you bring back, I will decide the next king of the country. Everyone left gathering with a seed. They planted their seeds and waited for it to grow. But as the month came by, 
The youth of the country were talking about how their plan had grown tremendously beautiful. Among all the youth, there was a young man whose seed had not even sprouted. He, he watered it every day, did everything he could to make it grow, but the seed would not grow. He could hear people talking about their plants, but he had nothing. A year had passed from the day when the seeds were distributed. All the youth were summoned to the palace, where they were to show the king the outcome of their seeds. The young man whose seeds did not grow was reluctant to attend. He knew he would be made fun of, but his mother said, You must go, because he had tried his best, and there was nothing wrong with not succeeding. So the young man went to the palace with a pot of soil. In the gathering, he was amazed to see the beautiful plants that had grown. The young man put his empty pot on the ground while others were laughing at him, while the other young men showed off their great plants. When the king arrived in the hall and inspected each and every pot, he examined all of the beautiful foliage. The young man was hiding in the back, trying to be unseen, but the king found him and paused. Walking over, he eyed the young man and his plant closely, but he said nothing. He ordered his guards to bring the young man with the plant that did not sprout to the front of the room. The young man was very sad as the king had noticed his other utter failure. Arriving at the front, the guards let him go, and he stood there in front of everyone else, everyone else snickering at him, where the king called him closer and said, Behold, everyone, your new king. Everyone looked shocked, and the king went on to say, A year ago I gave everyone a seed. I instructed you to take that seed, plant it, water it, and bring it back. What you are unaware of is that every seed I handed out had been boiled beforehand so that none of them would ever grow. All of you brought back plants and trees and flowers born of your dishonesty. The seeds which grew those plants were not from the seed I gave you. Therefore, look upon the only honest one among you, this young man, and know why he deserves to be your ruler. In our first reading for the Epiphany of the Lord that we celebrate this weekend, we hear from the book of the prophet Isaiah, who tells Jerusalem to rise up, the light is shown, and even kings will follow this light by the radiance that comes from God. In our Gospel of St. Matthew, we hear the story of two very different kinds of kings. King Herod, who asked the three kings, the three magi, to let him know where the Christ child was, supposedly to do him homage, but really to kill him, as we know. And then we know of the three magi, the three kings, who took their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and went to that Christ child, and in all humility, bowed and gave him homage, giving their gifts to the Lord. We hear two very different kinds of kings. And we reflect on this idea that we too are called to be kings. Now you may say, what do you mean? We live in a democracy. We don't have kings here. Well, for all of us baptized, if we recall, we are baptized into Jesus in three ways, as priest, prophet, and king. And yes, everyone who is baptized is called to be a king. A king that brings people to Christ, a king who is a leader in helping to live the faith, 
by showing how much joy, how much purpose, how much love we receive in our service to Jesus. And that is being a leader. That's being a king. So we too, my brothers and sisters, are called to be kings. But the question I think that we're challenged with is, what kind of king? A king like King Herod or a king like the three magi, the three wise men, the three kings? What kind of king do we want to be? Well, if we look at the two different kinds of kings in the gospel, King Herod is the first one. King Herod is clearly about King Herod. He's self-serving. He's interested in maintaining his own power at any cost. He's into himself, his agenda, his wishes, his pleasure, his honor, his prestige, his authority. His life is about maintaining what he has, holding on to it, and maybe even, and probably even, making it bigger, getting richer and richer, more and more powerful. King Herod's life is clear that he's not going to let anything get in the way, even God, in stopping him from having what he thinks he deserves. He's dishonest, he's ruthless, he's uncaring, and he's disobedient to God. Are we like that sometimes? Eh, hard to admit, but sometimes we are self-serving. Sometimes we do think of ourselves. Sometimes we are willing to take shortcuts to get what we want, even if it means stepping over somebody. Sometimes, yeah, we may not go around and kill people, thankfully, but we may kill their reputations through gossip and criticism and our own kind of snickering about other people. We may think sometimes that to get ahead, we must get ahead over other people's heads and live in this competitive world and get what we want, because if we don't fight for it, who will? And those are the kind of things we tell ourselves. And when we live this way, we become like King Herod, not like one of the wise kings that come before Christ. The three kings that are our role model of kingship are kings that come to serve God. They travel a long way for one reason, to worship God. They give up their creature comforts. They take a trip that they don't know exactly where it's going to end up. And they do this in all humility, giving valuable gifts to a baby in a stable. And yet they do this anyway. They are obedient to following that star, no matter where it leads them. They follow the angel in a dream and do not go back to Herod and do not report where the Christ child is. They are men of true humility and service. And that's, is, that's the kind of king we need to be, leading others to Christ in humility, giving our lives for Christ in service to him, being willing to suffer and sacrifice and face ridicule in his name to serve him. My brothers and sisters, we celebrate epiphany, manifestation, God being manif manifested in his son, Jesus Christ. We have to decide when Christ comes into our lives, when Christ is manifest in us, in Eucharist, at church, everywhere, that we are called to think about how we will respond to that. 
Will we be a king that lives out our baptism for ourselves? Or will we be the king that is willing to give everything to our true king, Christ the King, who manifested himself by coming into the world as a baby, who grew, who died, and who rose for us? We too are called to be kings. The question to think about as we celebrate this Feast of the Epiphany is what kind of king are we going to be? And now let us listen to singer Mark Smeeby who sings that Christmas classic, Mary Did You Know.
Catholics in the News Gavin Ashenden, a former honorary chaplain to the Queen of England, who was consecrated a bishop in the continuing Anglican ecclesial community, was recently received into the Catholic Church. His wife Helen became a Catholic about two years ago in the Diocese of Shrewsbury, England. Having come to believe that the claims and expression of the Catholic faith are the most profound and potent expression of apostolic and patristic belief, and to accept the primacy of the Petrine tradition, I am grateful to the Bishop of Shrewsbury and the Catholic community in the diocese for the opportunity to mend 500 years of fractured history and to be reconciled to the church that gave birth to, an er- to my earlier tradition, Ashington said. I am especially grateful for the example and prayers of St. John Henry Newman. He did his best to remain a faithful Anglican and renew his mother church with the vigor and integrity of the Catholic tradition. Now as then, Ashington said, his experience informs ours that the Church of England is inclined to be rooted in the secularized culture rather than the integrity and insight of the biblical, apostolic, and patristic values. Ashington studied for the priesthood in the Church of England at Oak Hill College and received holy orders in 1980. He served 10 years as a parish priest, taught 23 years at a university, lecturing in literature and psychology of religion, earned a doctorate, and was appointed to be honorary chaplain to the Queen in 2008. He was consecrated as a bishop in the Christian Episcopal Church in 2013. In 2017, Ashington left the Church of England, convinced that the consecration of women to the episcopate represented the replacement of apostolic and biblical patterns with the competing culture of the values of cultural Marxism. In other words, the Church of England, he believed, was kind of making up their own way, trying to follow the current culture. Ashington said that by paying the rosary and by researching Eucharistic miracles helped lead him to the Catholic Church. He stated, I watched as an Anglicanism suffered a collapse of inner integrity as it swallowed wholesale secular society's descent into a post-Christian culture. I came to realize, Ashington said, that only the Catholic Church, with the weight of the magisterium, had the ecclesial integrity theological maturity, and spiritual potency to defend the faith, renew society, and save souls in the fullness of truth. Gavin Ashenden, leaving the Episcopal Church as a bishop to join the Catholic Church. This week's Catholics in the News. Truth in the Media Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father is a new book published this week by Father Donald Calloway. In the midst of crisis, confusion, and a world at war with the Church, it's time to come home again to our spiritual father, St. Joseph. In this richly researched and lovingly presented program of Consecration to St. Joseph, Father Donald Calloway, M.I.C., brings to life the wonders, power, and ceaseless love of St. Joseph, the universal patron of the Church, and terror of demons. 
In this remarkable book, Father Calloway persuasively proclaims that a new movement is being birthed in the Church today, the worldwide movement of consecration to St. Joseph. We need the guidance and protection of St. Joseph more than ever, Calloway writes. The purpose of the consecration to St. Joseph is to open a way of grace for each of us, individually and corporately. It could not have come at a better time. In our modern culture, where so many people long for a relationship with their earthly father, Father Calloway does a phenomenal job of highlighting the spiritual fatherhood of St. Joseph and why it's so needed today. Consecration to St. Joseph is a kind of supplement to the consecration of Our Lady, Father Calloway explains. If you think about it, we're consecrated to Jesus by our baptism. He's our Lord and Savior. And we entrust our lives to Mary because she's our spiritual mother. But what about St. Joseph? He's our spiritual father and the patron of the universal church. So if we love him, honor him, and want to be like him, we're going to become really close to our Lord and to our Lady, and we're going to grow in holiness. So that's what the consecration to St. Joseph is all about. It's entrusting our lives into the hands of our spiritual father so that he with our Lady can help us grow in holiness. And now is the time for this. The research and quotes in the book are simple and yet profound. This book can help everyone become more and more in tuned to St. Joseph and to living a life of holiness. Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father by Father Donald Calloway, helping us in our journey to holiness through St. Joseph. This week's truth in the media. Backers of abortion provider Carafem filed the legal challenge against the Nashville suburbs zoning regulations that limit surgical abortion facilities. Carafem is not only performing medical abortions, but is working toward expanding its abortion services to include surgical abortions in the community. The ordinance being challenged states that abortion clinics cannot be located within a thousand feet of churches, parks, schools, libraries, childcare facilities, or residential areas, a statute that Carafem is trying to overthrow so they can basically relocate and make more facilities to kill more babies. So let me get this straight. Pro-abortion advocates are trying to rescind the zoning regulation that would allow abortion facilities in communities that don't want them in places they don't want them. And this is democracy? This is America? Really? Is this so-called freedom? No way! I don't get it! Truth Topic of the Week. Go out to meet the poor. Listen to them and speak to them with the heart of Jesus, Pope Francis exhorted us recently. May the Lord rejoice in seeing us on the move, ready to listen with his heart to his poor who cry out to him. I invite you all, Pope Francis said, to live all this not as a heavy effort, but with spiritual lightness. Instead of getting caught up in the anxieties of performance, Pope Francis went on to say, it is more important to widen the perception, to grasp 
the presence and action of God everywhere. Pope Francis entrusted pastoral workers with helping their communities reach those in a city that are far and far more away from the church. But in doing service to people, bring this awareness, this trust into it, that there is no human heart in which Christ does not want and cannot be reborn. In our lives as sinners, the Holy Father went on to say, we often find ourselves turning away from the Lord in extinguishing the Spirit. We destroy the temple of God that is in each of us. Yet this is never a definitive situation. It takes the Lord three days to rebuild his temple within us. The gospel in Jesus Christ must be the foundation of the church, Pope Francis stated, pointing out that priests in wisdom know that while something else could probably bring more worldly success or quicker gratification, it would inevitably involve the collapse of the whole spiritual building. It is a contemplation that comes from love. Pope Francis, urging us to meet the poor, to meet them where they are, to meet them with love, and to speak with them with the love of Christ. Our Truth Topic of the Week. Well, we've come to the end of episode 199 of the What is Truth Catholic podcast. Hard to believe that next week, God willing, 200 episodes. Never thought that would happen when we started this at the end of August in 2014. It's been a journey. Anyway, if you have any feedback about the podcast you wish to share or just want to say hi, email me at deaconstevew at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, deaconstevew at gmail.com. As we complete the 12 days of this Christmas season with the Feast of the Epiphany, let us pray to have God manifest himself in our lives, to open our hearts and ourselves to the Lord, to grow closer to him and allow him truly to be the Lord of our lives. Lord, help us to discern the truth, the truth you call us all to live. Help us to live in this truth so that we can be as you created us to be, truly free. And let us ask Our Lady's help in this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Until next time, for episode 200, this is Deacon Steve. I invite you to join me as we discover together what is truth.